everybody talks about the price of the land and oftentimes we'd have this discussion or, or chat with a farmer and they say well sure there's 20 acres coming up down the road and it's going to cost me whatever you know i'll get to carry more cows or whatever but just as a, as a, as a nice simple rule of thumb whatever it's costing you that's 30 percent or 35 percent of what the feed will cost brought onto the farm mm. so do them sums up and and then look at it whether it makes sense hello I'm James Dunn, and you're welcome to The Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights, and opinions to improve dairy farm performance. Following on from the recent Chagas National Dairy Conference, I'm delighted to be joined today by Donald Patton, who was involved in one of the workshops titled Stock and Rate Decisions of Future Dairy Systems. So Donald, thanks a million for joining us today. I suppose we'll get straight into it and not say you're a long time in, t- in terms of dairy systems research, but you're around Bally Hills a little while at this stage. So in terms of the fundamentals, Donald, of our dairy systems, I suppose, what's the basis maybe as a good starting point in terms of our dairy systems? What's the driver of them? Not a lot has changed from that point of view, James, in the last number of years. Um, it's it's really around being able to feed that cow as cheaply as we can and and you know if you look at the costs or the total costs of our systems feeding the cow is a big big part of that so we can all know that that grass is a big part of that you know graze grass grass utilized and we'll talk a little bit about that i suppose the, the difference between those two things but look at fundamentally we're trying to feed the cow as 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 cheaply as we can but also getting high level of performance out of out of the animal so look at when you break it down it's a cow that's eating three and a half ton dry matter or graze grass she's eating a ton and a half or thereabouts of silage and she's eating somewhere between a half a ton and a ton of concentrate i think that's kind of your system different people will be you know to one side or the other of that in terms of meal feeding but the big thing is that we're getting the level of output out of the cow and that's you know somewhere 480 500 there's individual farmers out there doing 550 some guys doing up to 600 kilos of salads and that's great but once it's coming from uh, high levels of forage being utilized by the cow that's the real driver of performance and yeah, economically so- yeah, so big thing there is ultimately, as you say, that performance is one thing, but really your point is it has to be driven off of forage and forage utilised. It does, heard, yeah. Sorry, don't, we we heard from well, David Becker and Joe Patton on the day in terms of forage utilised per hectare then. So where does where does whole farm stock and rate, I suppose, fit with that in terms of you kind of framed individual cow budget and what you want it to look like? That whole area of whole farm stock and right then in terms of where it actually fits. Yeah, well, I suppose when you look at that, like you've got, as I say, you've got your three and a half ton of grazed grass, um, you've got your ton and a half of silage and then whatever half ton to a ton of concentrate. That's what's going to go into the cow to feed her. So in terms of whole farm stock and rates, and I suppose it's something that we're seeing quite a bit in the last number of years as genetics has improved, uh, calving, uh, pattern has improved on a lot of farms so guys are calving more compactly the capacity of the t- cow we have now versus what we had 15 years ago in terms of output from forage is you know it's getting better and better and better but the flip side of that is we need to have the feed to put into the animal so you know if we want the higher level of performance we need the feed there to put into the animal so 
when you do the sums back on it, James, I suppose, you know, whole farm, uh, you need, you're talking about, I know we were doing it recently, actually, from Valley Hayes here, and the figure I was coming up with was about 2.3 of a stocking rate, whole farm. Um, and that's at a at sort of 500 kilos of solids output level, um, growing 14 tonne and doing a good job on utilisation. Now, look, at obviously, a year like this year, utilisation was most definitely a challenge here. But, mm. you know, one year with the next year, growing 14 tonne, and that's growing 14 tonne across all your acres, which is, you know, hard done. There's not many commercial farmers out there doing it across all their acres. So I suppose... Um, yeah, that's it's 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 two point three, like up to two point five at that level of performance. You need to be growing fifteen ton and utilizing eighty percent of it, which again is the next band up. But I, I think anywhere from two point two two point three is a pretty good target whole farm stock on it. And for that, I suppose in terms of what have you factored in there, really, what you are you looking for? You're looking for self sufficiency in in feed, Correct. and you're looking to build a buffer in there as well, Donald, or. No, look at 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 two point three. Uh, I think one year with the other, you'll you'll work out okay in terms of. I wouldn't say build a buffer, but there's a little bit of scope or a little bit of maneuver in there that you're not just. But but self sufficiency is a big part of it, like because, um, I suppose, as as you move on through the. The stocking rates, you know, the higher level of stocking rate, we need to have control of our total feed budget. We need to have control of the feed. Um, and look at those individual farmers out there will buy in a proportion of the winter feed, and that's fine. But uh, it does leave you more exposed. So years like last year, this year, you'll be more exposed to higher levels of feed costs or cost of um, forage will increase. So I suppose, yeah, at the 2.3, feeding sort of seven, 800 kilos of concentrate, which is normal enough for us, you're talking about you're talking about uh, being self-sufficient at that there thereabouts. So, and, and you've alluded to it there in terms of, I suppose, if you're, if you're stocked higher than that, ultimately you need to be growing more grass, 14 right. and a half, 15 tonne. And right. just, I suppose, for our listeners, it's important, and that's something that came through loud and clear on the day in the workshop and we'll come to maybe out blocks in a minute but that's ultimately across all your hectares um but, yeah. often those decisions don't i see that myself at farm level they're often made on, on maybe what the milking platform's growing and there can be massive variation in terms of what what these out blocks are are actually delivering correct and it's it's, it's something even um you know around the time of the conference talking to David Becker, he was sort of saying we should be putting more effort into, and I'd agree with him on that, in getting an idea of what the outblocks are actually doing, you know, it, it, and it's easier actually to do than on your grazing platform because it's it's three cuts a year or two or three cuts a year that you need to get a, a sort of a good handle on what sort of level of performance they're doing. So, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely that's the 14 done across every hectare, which, as I said, is 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 quite hard to do. Is it something as easy for, I suppose, if we've listeners there that um, ultimately <clears throat> over the next number of weeks maybe want to have a look at this for their own farm, maybe something as easy as doing the back calculation to, and may not be 100% accurate, but ultimately it'll, it'll give people a good a good idea in it, terms of where, where their own farm system is at. Most definitely it gives you a great idea because, you know, um, measuring grass where we want everybody to be measuring and utilizing what they have better and all that but for i suppose the purpose of this james is really look at how much feed came in onto the farm um 
whether that be concentrate or purchase forage, um, how much mi- milk or milk solids when they had the farm, how many animals did you have? If you have those few bits of information, which generally aren't that hard to gather up, uh, with a bit of help with your advisor, you know, you can work out, you can do the back calculations, you say, you can work it out and you can have a pretty good stab at what the farm is doing as a whole. Because oftentimes we'll see at farm level or when you're dealing with discussion groups, you know, an individual farmer, he could be growing 16 ton or 15 ton on his platform and that's fine. But when you do that back calculation out, he might only be utilizing, you know, 10 ton across the whole farm because, mm. and that's alluding to the fact that outblocks are underperforming in a big way. So I, I think that's a good, it's a good sum to do, even do it in conjunction with your profit monitor meeting. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And in terms of, I often heard you explain it to farmers in terms of, and I just want to maybe have the conversation if you do exceed it. It's a bit like an, an energy in and energy out budget as such. Um, How much energy can you produce on the farm? And ultimately in terms of how much are you selling out to get? But if you do exceed that, or what, what's the telltale signs for, for our listeners in terms of if 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 they're starting to think have have I have I went a little bit too far type of thing am I not growing enough grass what's the telltale signs for our listeners yeah well the energy in energy out thing I kind of always say that to lads like don't try and beat <laughs> don't try and beat the equation because you can't beat it like so you know so much energy goes into the farm so much energy comes out that's it your farm or is not special okay your cows could be slightly better at converting it to milk solids or whatever but in the broad scheme of things you're not going to beat that equation so i suppose the telltale signs when you know the thing is going a little bit out of whack is it kind of uh it it manifests itself one of two ways either one you end up buying in excessive amounts of forage you know winter forage so i'm sort of saying you know you're spending 10 15 20 000 at a normal scale farm on forage every year that's coming off your uh, out, uh, off your own land that you're going out and purchasing forage. If that's happening, you know, there's something a little bit out of whack. The other one, which I think is actually more common, is that people will do what they can do within the constraints of their own farm to have enough forage, which is fine, it's fair enough, but they can actually end up restricting the level of curb performance. So mm-hmm. if you're a person who's picking the right bulls, doing you know using ai you know doing all the right things and you look back and you go you know jesus my performance hasn't moved on on a per cow level over the last five six years that to me is telling telling you that you know you're you're limiting that cow so that that often manifests itself for the one i see that often happens is in the month of may june you know the months of may and june when you should be giving the cow her full potential or getting up to her full potential intake guys are because they're tight and they're worried about making enough silage, they're closing up too much area, um, to, you know, and essentially restricting the cows. Now, it might be only by two kilos or a kilo, two kilos of forage. And if it if they're well-bred animals, they could, may still go in calf, but uh, the performance will drop. A really good telltale sign there is if you look at your crop report and you look at the protein percentage, uh, if you look at the protein percentage, sort of March should be your lowest month and then it should be ticking up from there along. Oftentimes you'll see March, it'll go up in April and then in May and June it'll tank and then it'll steady in July and it'll start. If you see that sort of drop in May, June, July, it's a it's a pretty good sign that you're restricting your cows. Lovely. And I suppose maybe then to move on, we spoke about that kind of whole farm stock and red piece and 
within that, obviously, as we said, there's there's out blocks, I suppose. Explain the role, I suppose, as it is today in terms of out blocks that that, that play in our systems and and what you see. There was there was great discussion, I suppose, around this topic. Um, what's your own thinking um, on out blocks within our current dairy systems model? Yeah, I suppose some people may think we're a bit negative towards outblocks and we're not at all. I think they have a role and a very important role to play. Um, the first thing is, if you, we spent a wee bit of time at this in preparation for the conference. Like, if you sit back and you look at it logically, like the cow is eating, you know, five tonne of forage, a tonne and a half of that, give or take. I know for Ballyhays, that's kind of our figure. A tonne and a half dry matter that is silage. Okay, if you're on a very free draining farm uh, in the south of the country and you can get more days of grass, um, you know, it might be a bit less than that. Uh, but for us, it's a ton and a half. It's sort of, you know, when you work it out two forty days, it's, you know, 14 or 15 kilos of dry matter per day. So that's 30% of the forage going down the cow's throat is goes down on the farm of silage. So if you extrapolate that out, what that basically says to me is that if you have 30% of your land area that's a mile down the road or two miles, or basically that you can't walk cows to, it has very little effect on how efficiently you can run the system. Now, what I mean by that, James, is that, you know, when I've talked to lots of contractors about this, if you do the castings on silage made in paddock 30, that you know, you can walk the cows to, but it's, you know, it's uh, a mile, a, a, mile, a kilometer and a half away. or whatever it is, yep. exactly. Or you make it two miles down the road. The costings of making that silage is a little bit more, but in the broad scheme of things, it's it's next to nothing. You know, okay, getting slurry to it again, a little bit more costly, but it's not, it's not massive, it's not huge. So the point I'm sort of trying to make is that up to 30% of your land base, Okay, if that's a way, it's really efficient. You know, you can, in other words, you can take on land outside your milking platform to increase scale uh, and you can utilize that land to a really, really good effect. Okay, that's if you're cows only, if there's no young stock in the system. If you've got sort of 20% young stock, which is, you know, your, your bare minimum really in terms of replacement rates, you could say, you can go to 40% of your land as being out block and still be, you know, a perfectly balanced system. You're not restricting the amount of days of grass. It, it, it'll it work really well and be very profitable. Uh, if you have a higher level of young stock, obviously that, that ticks up. Now, there's a couple of things about this, I suppose. The first thing I'll say is that if if the the, the percentage gets out of whack, okay, so... If, in, if your cows only no young stock and instead of 70-30, you're at 50-50. So 50% of your land away, 50% of your land that you can graze. Um, what that says to me is either one of two things. Either number one, that land away is very unproductive or le- less productive than it should be, which is the case on an awful lot of farms. Or number two, if say that land away is very productive and home is very productive and you stock it as such, what generally happens there is you're starting to reduce your days of grass and that three and a half ton of grazed grass down the cow's neck becomes three ton or 2.7 ton or whatever it is. And no matter how you skin that cat, that leads to higher feed costs. You know, bringing it in, and we'll talk about that maybe in the next section, but bringing that feed in the silage, 
it it leads to higher feed costs. So the role, as I see it, of outblocks as it currently is, I suppose, is you know, your seventy percent, thirty percent is a good rule of thumb, guys. Only young stock, it could be forty to fifty percent when it starts getting out, you know, out of whack from that. You have to ask yourself the question: Is my outblocks productive enough? And if they are, is it leading me down a road of a very intensive, uh, a very intensive system at home? I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the big one in terms of <clears throat> what you're saying. There is, if we start impacting on that kind of grazing season length, the amount of grazed grass we get into our cows, then ultimately, and you've seen this where where costs are going to significantly rise. Then, yeah. so it's yeah, it's, uh, it's a balancing act, really, Donald. It's a balancing act, and I've talked to lots of lads. Was at a couple of the different conferences there in the autumn, and different guys I'd know for years that are really good grazing guys, focused on grass. You know, as good as you get anywhere. And they're sort of saying to me, geez, you know, I'm finding that I'm feeding more silage, you know, on the shoulders and I'm doing this and I'm doing And you ask that question, well, where have you moved in the last 10 years? Well, I used to be at sort of two and a half on the platform. I'm now at three and a half or 3.7 or 3.8. It's perfectly, that's that's what's going to happen. (laughs) There's going to have to go more feed in, which is going to increase our cost of production. There's no, and you saw the stuff that David presented. It's not in Ireland. It's around the world. Once the level of graze pasture going into the diet reduces, the cost of feeding the cow is going to increase. There's no, that's what I'm saying. Don't try and beat the equation. That's mm. just what's going to happen. Like. I'm coming back maybe to that three and a half tonne of grazed grass and something I probably should have asked you earlier, but kind of growing that 13 to 14 tonne on the milking platform. Where is then the sweet spot to get that into our cows ultimately? Um, you know, what? where's the upper limit there then in terms of that stocking rate on the home block? Yeah, well, that's a good, I suppose that's another good way of looking at a, a good sort of rule of thumb for people. You know, if you take a three and a half tonne utilising 80% through grazing, growing 14 to 15 tonne, you're talking about somewhere between three and three and a half of a stocking rate. Like, I know some guys running at that 3.3, 3.4, 3.5, they're the top, top, top operators and they're really good at what to do. The one thing about that is that you you're, you still need a significant amount of silage at times of the year. Like the further you go up that, I mean, in the milk and cow diet, um, and it's something that I suppose I didn't mention on the outblock thing, but one of the roles of the outblocks is actually producing that uh, really, really good quality silage to feed, um, particularly the further you go up. But I would say three to three and a half. Three and a half is kind of the tops. Once you go above three and a half, and that's at a very high level of grass growth and utilization, mm-hmm. uh, you end up in a situation where you're housing at night till the middle of March, you're back in on the 10th of October, all this sort of stuff. The very same effect can happen to a fellow who goes from 2.5 to 3 if he's going to grow in 12 ton. I've seen that happening too. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that's why I'm trying to bring it back to these rules at home that farmers can identify with. Like if you're looking and you're saying, geez, you know, I used to be a man that was out out day and night from the middle of February and now I find them in at night until the middle of March. Well, that's a alarm bell ringing straight away to say, well, look, at that means you're probably pushing a little bit too high. So that figure, and I'm not avoiding the, like the figure for very yeah. productive farms is three to three and a half. The figure for farms that have work to do on soil fertility is probably two and a half to three. Yeah, so if you're, that's what I was going to come to. If you're, if you're growing 11, 11 and a half ton, ultimately you you probably shouldn't be crossing that kind of three threshold 
um, or ultimately, no, as you said, not. there's going to be a lot of silage going into the system then. Absolutely. I suppose then maybe to <clears throat> to follow it on a little bit, and sure, obviously there's a big question out there in terms of additional lands, and, and that's maybe being driven um, a little bit around changes to the nitrous irrigation, obviously. But um, I think it's important, and, and this came through in terms of the workshop, that how would farmers actually assess this? We, we, we've seen very, very high land rental prices being given last spring, Donal, and you'd wonder in terms of uh, the, the basis of that and the assessments done. In your opinion, I suppose, how would our listeners go about assessing further opportunities, I suppose, for this additional outside land? Yeah, well, I suppose the first thing to say is farmers want to move on. Like, you know, farmers don't want to stand back or stay steady. And that makes perfect sense. You know, lads have, if we think about where we were in 1984 when coaches come in and where we are now, it's just like a completely different landscape. And that was all driven by individual farmers who took risks and, and moved on. But the the thing of the outblocks, and, and so much has changed even in the last five years and all this sort of stuff. So the way I would look at it is the, the, the core, and it goes back to, you know, the core of how it affects the system at home. So... If you're in a situation where there's a, a hole in the feed budget, so in other words, you're buying in a lot of silage or whatever, and you know, land comes up, you do the sums on it and it makes sense, then go and do it. It's it's a great opportunity for you, you know. But if if the additional cows that you're going to carry by taking on this extra land is going to put you over that three or three point three stocking rate or whatever we're saying. Basically, that you won't be able to utilize a three and a half ton of grass grass on the platform, uh, then it's something that should be approached with caution because it's putting you into a different uh, a different cost band or cost of production band, and it's something people should should really think about. You know, so and I think we've sort of covered that pretty well. So basically, how it affects that uh, utilization of grass grass at home. That's the first thing. Um, the, the second thing then, I suppose, is that and when we were doing up the sums for um, the, the dairy conference, it was an interesting one when we sat back and we looked at it. Like everybody talked about the price of land last year and the price of land this year, and it has gone crazy. But even at those sort of levels of land price, I think we took something like 350 or 400 an acre. I think it was about 350 an 350 acre. 350, yeah. Yeah, in the analysis. That was only uh, a third of the cost of the feed that came into the yard. So the cost, you know, everybody talks about the, the price of the land. And oftentimes we'd have this discussion or, or chat with a farmer and they say, well, sure, there's 20 acres coming up down the road and it's going to cost me whatever. But sure, it, you know, it makes perfect, you know, I'll get to carry more cows or whatever. But just as a, as a, as a nice, simple rule of thumb, whatever it's costing you, that's 30% or 35% of what the feed will cost bringing into the brought onto the mm. farm. So do them sums up and, and then look at it, whether it makes sense. I suppose the other thing is, you know, individually at farm level, you know, look at your situation as it currently stands. Are you a very productive farm, as in highly productive cows, uh, all the, the basic sort of targets around fertility and cow performance. If that's all good, it puts you in a much stronger position. You know, if those things are a bit shaky, 
I would be focusing on them first before I'd be looking at bringing in extra land into the system. Um, and then I suppose obviously the, the 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 infrastructure. And this is if 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 the extra land is used to plug an existing hole in the feed gap, that's or gap in the feed budget. That's one thing. But if they've been used, if it's been used to tick on more cows, look at the infrastructure at home and see is that doable. Have I got extra slurry storage? Have I got the cubicle spaces? Is my parallel big enough? And labour as well, I suppose. So they are the kind of that's the kind of the, the framework that we would use. And to do the sums for your own farm, not for somebody else's or what somebody else in the discussion group said, do the sums for your own farm and say, right, fracking on this land is going to cost me X, but having the extra cows is going to bring in Y. Does it make sense? And if you do it and it's it's break even and you want to take a punt on it, well, you've done it in an informed way. You didn't just decide to take the land. I suppose they're really the things that I would be thinking about is the effect at home, um, you know, the effect on the overall feed budget. And then, you know, have you got the infrastructure to carry extra animals if that's what you want to do? Well, I think that's excellent. I think it's it's very, very clear. So I suppose maybe to summarize what I've got from, from our chat, Donald, ultimately is... The big one is focus on focus on forage utilized on a per cow basis and on, on, on a whole farm basis. Match your own stock and rate to whatever the capabilities of your farm is to grow grass and be careful not to exceed that. Do the back calculation maybe as a good starting point, Donald, and understand your own figures. Um, make sure outblocks are performing, folks. Um, very, very simply, um, just get an understanding in terms of what outblocks are actually doing and maybe pay a bit of attention to those over the next couple of seasons. And then the big one around that additional land is really assess your own situation. And as you say, Donald, do the sums. Yep, that's it. Look, thanks a million, Donald. I suppose that's it for this week's episode of The Dairy Edge. I want to thank Donald for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget, folks, to rate, review and subscribe and listen on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm James Dunn, and join us next time for your Dairy Edge.